Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on cranberry.fm, episode number 298. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my standing co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak. Thanks for fitting good. it in, bud. Yeah, good afternoon, world. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yes, we do speak to the world, uh, <laughs> especially when they realize John's not on the show. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go there. I, yeah, I got yeah. things to say. I won't. Yeah. Got to have poker too while he's gone. Uh, he's working too hard and needs to be off the air and we'll suffer. Our jobs will suffer, but we'll make it do. We love everyone. We want to make sure you enjoy the show and get lots out of it. So um, with that said, I guess we, let's let's pile into it here. So uh, it's going to be an interesting show today. I mixed a few things up, in, in, not right away, but soon there'll be a couple um questions that I've worked into um, what we normally do is just news, just because they seem to be very relevant to what uh, we're just talking about. So let's start with, uh, this is interesting, Google has uh, flagged user-submitted store hours in the knowledge panel. So when you're doing a, a Google search and you look for a particular uh, store, let's say, or let's say an antique store, and you want to see when they're closing, um, if someone else has submitted uh, conflicting times, instead of just updating it, which good old Google had been doing, um, they're now adding it in an orange text below what is known as the official hours. So um, I believe, let me just see how they write it. It's called, uh, yes, it says, as a, a user suggested these hours, and then they put the hours down there. Um, I think it's a great idea. Finally, um, this is the kind of thing that and I, I don't know. Is it just me, Scott, or does, do they go to market a little too quickly? This is the kind of thing that I want to, I would have wanted worked in to something when they launch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think this should have been launched a long time ago. It's going to be a much needed addition. Like I, I can give you a prime example too. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was looking to buy new biking shoes, and I was calling around the different bike shops to see if anyone had size fourteen shoes because I have gigantic feet and you can't buy anything. And so I call this one bike shop. I do, you know, the usual Google search to get their phone number. And, and I see the phone number. And, and it was a Monday, I believe, and that said closed. I thought, well, that's weird. Why would they be closed on a Monday? Like, whatever. So I called them anyways. And sure enough, they're open. And I, I told them, I said, oh, by the way, your, your hours posted on Google are wrong. You might want to update that. Update those. They say you're closed today. And he just kind of shrugged it off like he didn't care, which drove me crazy. But... <laughs> Um, and I, I didn't go there. I could have gone into a sales pitch, but I was like, not. Nah, I just no. want to know if you have my size feet shoes. And, That's Scott. Uh, That's Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like a good example of where, you know, I could have easily gone in and said, hey, they're actually open today. He doesn't care. But if I actually cared and he's a nice guy, I could do that for him, you know. And, uh, but you know, he's enough, Yeah. And if you get enough people doing that, maybe it'll actually, actually, it should also notify the business if they've got a, my business account. I don't know if it does that, but that would be nice as well. I know they at least have done some changes around images as well. I believe we talked about that in an earlier show, uh, but it's worth recapping that, uh, you know, there was a big issue where images were being added and you didn't have a choice. 
<laughs> we had, and you know, uh, if you've listened to past shows, how angry that made me with a particular hotel chain we were working with. Oh yeah, that um, was fantastic. It was that was just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> this little dinky house next to theirs that's all run down. That yeah, that's the hotel. Not yeah. Um, anyway, uh, you do get a certain amount of uh, of editorial control there. They are letting you know when stuff's being added. At least um, it may still show up if it's added by someone with a with a some a, a decent local profile. You know, if there's someone that contributes to local quite often and and haven't haven't done anything negative that might get added immediately because it seems authoritative however at least you will be notified so yeah i think that's right Scott, I think I, they should let you know if this is being added yeah i would hope as well that the business owner could come in and see that hey someone suggested these hours and you know make the corrections if they need to be oh, made yeah. and then remove that notice they, they, they can do, do that. they still have that now i mean if you go into google my business I mean, this stuff's changing all the time, so uh, I get it if many of our listeners haven't even seen this. But if you go into your Google My Business listing, which, by the way, you do that once a month, it's a good idea. It, it it's I wouldn't go as far as saying it guarantees you um, uh, improved visibility, but it, it certainly there's hints that it does help. Um, at any rate, if you go in there, it'll say there there are pen, uh, changes pending approval or just changes you need to approve. <laughs> Most of the time, it's the latter. So, um, yeah, you, they've already made the changes. You just need to approve them. And in this case, uh, they'll say the a user suggested these hours and, and uh, would you like to approve them, uh, which is cool. I mean, that's uh, a great way to do it. But this is part of the reason why you need to go log in and check out your Google My Business profile as a local business um, fairly regularly and make it a monthly t- task at least. Uh, it's very worthwhile. I mean, this is your business. This is your lifeblood. And Google has a lot of control over uh, the traffic going to your, your business, whether you know it or like it or not. So. Well, one thing I really like that they're doing to help with these business owners as well is I've noticed they're testing, throwing a little dashboard right in the search results if you search for your business name while you're logged into your account. So you can actually edit all of your information without actually having to go in. And it's just like right there in the search on the search result page. I haven't um, seen that. I will send you a link. <laughs> I think. Cool. Oh, I, no, I'm not sure. It's there. I, I, yeah, it's yeah I, think I, I think I saw it on Search Engine Land, actually. So if anyone oh, wants great. to look for it, it was there. That's important. Uh, I think that's a great idea because uh, a lot of people do do the vanity searches. They want to see if there's anything going on. And heck, that's a good idea for reputation management. Um, you know, check out, see whether or not there's any negative info, any positive info you want to trump, you know, trumpet, uh, that kind of stuff. And if this happens to appear, then you get to approve or disapprove these changes a little faster, and that does make Google a little more accurate, which is always a good thing. Sure. Now, you were talking about bike shoes. I was talking to Sarah <laughs> last night, my wife. I've been wearing the same ones for, I think, 15 years. They are so beat up. <laughs> wow. Just, yeah. So I said, I think I have to get some honey. I've, I've pushed it as long as I can. <laughs> they technically a, do work, but yuck. <laughs> it makes a big difference. Do it. Just do it. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I'd go into hard. more detail, but this isn't uh, Bike Shoe yeah. 101. <laughs> but it is. I was surprised. I think I bought mine for like 95 bucks or something at the time, about 15 years ago. These are like 175 200 now, aren't they? Oh, they are. Absolutely. Uh, and more if hell? you want to <laughs> Don't get it. You're not even walking in them. <laughs> We're not for any length of time anyway. Oh, uh, well. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, you don't, you know, yeah, I'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, all right. So, 
we have talked about how Google is bringing a jobs feature to search, or at least jobs to search. There's a Google job search engine, and we did discuss that in, in a past show. Uh, something, a little news ad being added today, and it's pretty cool. Um, they've added a FAQ, and FAQs are a great opportunity to find out, well, get a little peek into what Google is thinking, how they want things to appear. Uh, I, I like an FAQs kind of like guidelines. Between the two of them, you, you learn a lot about um, Google's perceived expectations of, of a particular product. Never mind what's actually written there. You can read between the lines sometimes. In any case, um, there's some uh, really interesting things about this. Uh, it's it's based on businesses who want their job or job openings to appear within Google Job Search, and uh, it talks about you know what may be an issue, what may not be an issue. So, some of the questions uh, for number one is why aren't my jobs appearing in this feature? Uh, and I'll quote the response: As with any structured markup feature in search, having markup doesn't guarantee appearing in the search results. To debug any issues that are related to the markup implementation, go through the following. Validate the markup in, in the structured data testing tool. Check that your sitemap has been crawled and does not contain any errors. Sitemaps need to be accurate and correct in order to be processed. Go through your rich card report in Search Console to check if there are any potential issues with your markup. And it goes on and on. Uh, some of the other questions, I won't get into the answers, but can we include markup on our job listing pages? Uh, what is the format? that are, the tag should look like in the sitemap. Uh, and this is a good one, actually. This is interesting. This actually applies to anyone. Can two markup formats, um, JSON and microdata, be used simultaneously on the same page? Now, I know this sounds like not SEO 101, but really it's become these days JSON, which is uh, a rich markup that you can add to the background of your page that adds context to content. It's, it's very important, and, and it... Although it, it does take a, teen, a teeny learning curve, it is becoming 101. It's the kind of thing that you do need to have built in. Anyway, they're asking whether or not JSON and microdata, which is a, a simpler format, but same concept, should be used, can be used simultaneously on the same page. And the answer, and I, this has actually come up in another um, news piece I saw today. Although both formats are equally accepted, we prefer that only one format is used within each page to prevent any conflicting information between markup blocks. That being said, our team does prefer that the markup is implemented in JSON. So it's not going to be the end of the world if you've got both on there. Um, if you do a, a, a structured data testing tool test <laughs> on your page and you see both appearing, you know, don't sweat it. But they definitely need to be, they need, they need to jive. Obviously, if there's if there's any conflict there, that's going to be a problem. Um, but I wouldn't put it on top of your list to have it fixed site wide if they are jiving and everything seems fine. Anything you'd like to add there, Scotty? Uh, no, not really. I mean, other than that, I, I love seeing stuff like this that sort of reinforces what I think I already know. Yeah. Um, so I no longer <laughs> think I know it. I now know I know it. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> um, Anyways, yeah, there's some more complex questions that only users who are really trying to get their, their content into the jobs search um, would want to know the answers to. But well done. They're well done, as usual. So thank you to uh, Barry at Search Engine Roundtable for posting that. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we've got, got lots to share today. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. How much are your best ideas worth? 
PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak. All right, so uh, I noticed something that we might have missed another week. I wasn't, I didn't recall ever talking about it, but it is interesting. Uh, Google is converting non-mobile-friendly pages to mobile-friendly for searchers. Um, I think this is brilliant. Um, I'm sure there's going to be many that don't like this, uh, as with anything that Google does. But uh, if your page, let's say, is completely search mobile, <laughs> uh, I don't know, unfriendly, I guess is the word for it, um, it it's garbage. <laughs> it doesn't show well. There's no way people would have to scroll like 10 times to the side just to see the other side. And that is so common, unfortunately. If you get that and Google decides that it can, it will provide users, and this is on their phone uh, or, or some sort of mobile uh, gadget. Uh, they'll, Google will provide an option for people to make it mobile friendly. And essentially what they do is they use the CSS, the, the style sheets, and they reorganize the content based on what they believe it should be appearing, you know, based on how it's appearing on the page um, without um, being mobile friendly. Anyway, it renders well in the example they show. Uh, this is from the SEM post. Um, this article, and the uh, the title is Google converting non-mobile friendly pages mobile friendly, and uh, it's I think it's a it's a good thing. Scott, what do you think? I, I love it, and I think it'll be a good push if you don't have a mobile friendly website and you don't like how Google's rendering your site using this. It's going to push you to fix it. But I think there might be a downside to it in that if you don't have a mobile friendly site. And now you're going to look at this and be like, hey, Google, Google's fixing it for me. I don't have to worry about it. So people might not fix it. And mm. from an SEO perspective, I'm assuming Google's still ranking based on your original version, not what they change. 
So, yeah, exactly. you know, you're, you're still going to hurt on your mobile rankings. You're still going to need to fix it. So don't see this as a fix to your delay in development. Um, yeah, I mean, after all, they still have to load the page before this thing appears saying, would you like this search mobile friendly? Um, it's only happening in Chrome, apparently, during the, based on the test. Uh, so only if you have the Chrome browser uh, on your mobile phone. Uh, but, you know, you still have to go through the effort of downloading all the desktop-based content before this thing will show. So, uh, yeah, definitely going to hurt rankings still. Uh, this is not going to help rankings at all. Uh, you need to make that change if you haven't gone that route because the, you know, the mobile-first index, it's not coming yet, but it's being worked on. And, uh, you know, I, I see it as a two, 2018 release with some tests in the 17s. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's not a lot of time, really. I just, I just sent a, a six-month bill to a client for the next six, the last half of the year. We're already halfway through it. <laughs> I can't believe it. Time flies. Uh, especially, especially in tech. When, yes. <laughs> um, now, if you're like me, you like uh, using your phone to check out map details and you know seeing what the traffic's like. It's not too great uh, a tracking system in uh, in my area in Victoria here because we're a smaller city. I find it's not super accurate, but it's it's, it's still better than nothing. Bigger cities, though, I know it's it's part of your daily. I would imagine it's part of your daily reviewing. Where are the uh, congestion? Where, where's the congestion? Where can I go around? Well, Bing has done something kind of cool. Um, when you're doing a search for a business, uh, within the search results, the local pack will show up. And that will show the map plus the top local results right below it. And, of course, like any of the map results, it's going to have little tags in the image showing where the, each of these locations are, A, B, C, and D. Well, you can click on a small toggle at the top of the map, and instantly you're going to see uh, traffic congestion as well now, all within search results. And it's very slick. It's, it's uh, the kind of thing that I would expect uh, Google to follow suit on fairly soon because it, it's naturally uh, useful. Uh, That's very cool. Yeah. The one thing on the article, and this is from uh, the SEM post again, good old Jen. Um, if you go down the page, they show what it's like in the UK. Damn, I would not want to be going to get, I just stay home. You should see, <laughs> you should see the congestion. I swear there's barely a street that's not congested. Good gravy. Anyway. I guess the rule here is to help with SEO because you got to put the SEO spin on it, I suppose. Um, move your business to where there's less traffic. <laughs> uh, yes. Because because people are going to be searching for whatever and they're going to see your business with all the red traffic and, oh, it's way too busy there. But look, there's nobody going to this other place. Let's go there. But then it'll get congested because it's so busy and popular. Oh, so you're really screwing with local infrastructure if you... Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then there's those walk that. walk-ins. You don't need them, right? No, no, of course not. <laughs> anyway, it, I, I still think it's it's kind of cool. Um, it's it's definitely one of those rather logical moves. So I hope it uh, I hope it does expand to Google and yay, Bing! Congratulations, you did something good here that may stand out. Okay, <laughs> you know, whenever they do something cool, it just sort of seems to fizzle. Unfortunately, not yeah. always. But, you know, they they well, they try. They're trying, and that's great. And hopefully. You know, I wish them success and hope it keeps to, you know, take a chunk out of Google, but I'm skeptical. Well, they are paying for searches, so people are going to get there. There are people there. They're making money yep. searching. 
So. That's true. Still can't believe they're doing that. This seems so <laughs> lame. Uh, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, Got to get the business, I guess. Okay. Uh, now, this one's... Uh, it deals with a topic that I find 101 listeners get a little confused about, but it's it's very, uh, again, very 101 nowadays, and that's the canonical tag. Uh, Scott, what do you think? Do you think uh, you could, on the fly here, explain what the canonical tag is? Why yeah, it's essentially it's a tag added to the head section of your site that tells Google where the uh, official copy on that page needs to reside, where it lives. So if you have, uh, oh man, I'm not good at this. Um, <laughs> basically, you want to tell Google where the main copy is so that they don't start indexing duplicate versions of your site. So if you have two pages on your site, uh, a prime example would be if you have an e-commerce website and you have products sorted by color and then products sorted by size. So you'd get two different URLs with identical content sorted differently. One could use a canonical tag to point to the other so that Google index only one version of that page. Um, right, yeah. That makes sense? All right. Yeah, that works, that works. So um, just to maybe encapsulate it, uh, for the most simplest form, if you have your own website, you have a uh, uh, any page. Um, that page just says to Google when they go to the page, this is the page that's the official home of this content. That's what the canonical tag is telling them. This, this URL is the home of this content. Um, now, in, in this case, uh, Google has, and I've, they've done this before, I know they have. It's certainly something that does make sense to me. But Google has come out and said that they recommend using self-referencing canonicals. What does that mean? So that means that every page on your site just refers to itself. See, what people were doing up till now, and until this recommendation was taking place, is they would selectively add a canonical uh, to a particular page, saying, "Okay, I want to make sure that that this that Google really knows this is the actual page that 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 own, owns this content." Well, what Scott and I've been doing, and many people who use WordPress or even Yo or the Yoast plugin and such, is we've been relying on just having self-referencing canonicals forever, and that just means every page is self-referencing. It's saying that I am the unique and original owner of this content. Simple. Um, in this case, uh, there. John Mueller uh, gives some thoughts on this. He says, yes, I recommend doing this self-referential canonical because it really makes it clear to us which page you want to have indexed or what this URL should be when it is indexed. Even if you have one page, sometimes there's different variations of the URL that can pull that page up. For example, with parameters in the end, perhaps with upper, lowercase, or triple W or non-triple W, all of these things can be cleaned up with a real a rel canonical tag. Um, he also mentions, uh, I believe later on here, sometimes that content is scraped or republished. This self-referencing canonical can, can remain intact. So if someone's coming along to your site and they've copied all your content, they often use scrapers. These are digital platforms that just go out there and just grab content, the whole page, in fact, republish it on their own site, and they try and get the benefit of it. It doesn't really work that well, but they just need to work once in one million, and it's probably worthwhile to them. In any case... They can, in some cases, scrape that canonical, and then Google knows that this is completely something can be completely ignored because you already own this content. Uh, anyway, canonicals are a good thing on every page. I'll point out one, one another advantage there, and that's if somebody links to your website incorrectly, um, 
the canonical, depending on how they've linked to you incorrectly, if they've used the slash index, or again, it goes back to the triple W issues and stuff like that. You can help retain that value that you might not get if you didn't have the canonical in place. Yeah, exactly. Well, as I was mentioning earlier, this is a bit different than today. I'm going to add one of the questions we got on our Google community, uh, Google Plus community, and that is from James Sparks. Can I no-index URLs that have self-referencing canonical tags in place? I understand that the no-index tag sends mixed signals when placed on URLs where the canonical tag points to a different preferred URL. However, I see more and more CMS tools that auto-generate self-referencing canonical tags on URLs, and it seems Google isn't having any problems no-indexing these when no-index MetaRobots tags are also in place. I just wanted to pose this question because it's been a top uh, topic of debate at my workplace. So I know that's got to sound like gobbledygook to uh, some of our 101 listeners, but you should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it save vesting and it's only available in our new app stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today. It takes two vaccines to help protect you this season, one for the flu and another for COVID-19. And according to the CDC, now you can get both shots at the same visit. Talk to your healthcare professional or visit cdc.gov slash vaccines to learn more. The question is, uh, no index is essentially, it's a way of telling Google, don't index or don't add this page to your index. Google will still read the page and will still consider the content and any um, links that may be leaving from it, especially if you have a, and no index follow uh, in your heading. Um, just type in no index on Google if you want to learn more about this. Uh, it's, it's a bit time consuming just to go through it all, but it, it is fairly simplistic. It's just difficult to put into words. Anyway, there's some great explanations online. Um, in any case, if you don't want a page to show up in Google's search engine index, you can do a no index. And uh, if that is that happens, um, what happens if you do that while there's a self-referencing canonical? And that is what we were just talking about, the fact that the page says, I'm the official owner of this content. This is the this is the official URL that you're supposed to use in search results. Google. Well, you're, if you're saying that, and then you're saying, but don't index us. <laughs> I can see why that would be a question. It does seem a bit mixed. Um, however, I've done it more times than I can count, and it works fine. Uh, you have anything to add there, Scott? I was going to say the answer is yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can yeah, I know I index see. URLs that have self-referencing canonical tags in place? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, I don't see any reason whatsoever why you couldn't do that. I, I, I tried to find one because I was thinking there's got to be a reason why you wouldn't want to do that because somebody's asking about it. I, I can't yeah. think of any. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's not a problem. Um, you mentioned here that, uh, James, that I understand that the no index tag sends mixed signals when placed on URLs where the canonical tag points to a different preferred URL. Um, I haven't actually experienced a mixed signal on that. Uh, there's actually going to be a case later on here uh, where I'll discuss it a bit more. 
so maybe I'll, I'll wait till then. But uh, Google still indexes the page, can still tell that this is uh, that a canonical should be in another page. Anyways, it's it's interesting what you put there. Um, I guess in many cases you wouldn't need to do a no index though, um, if you were using a canonical. If the canonical is used correctly, I don't see why you would need one, unless it's being used incorrectly, pointing to a page that isn't identical. Um, I can't see why that would be a, an issue. Might mm -hmm. be a case by case type of thing. Interesting. Well, we'll we'll definitely touch base on this in a second because it's it's very relevant to one of the conversations. Okay. Um, uh, let's let's take a quick break because we've got a couple more things I want to talk about, and I want to make sure we've got some time for it. We'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc., and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Eck. All right, so this next question is from Ryan Vanderhoot. Yeah, so we're going for another question now. Um, now, Ryan has asked, and Ryan's actually uh, one of our, our, our uh, clients. He's a good guy, and uh, I know he's uh, very much a self-starter, so I'm sure he's been working hard on his own website. He says, I know this has been talked about a bunch, but I'm trying to figure out the proper code to get a star rating beside our URL. I'm guessing it's a way of either inserting or directly referencing your Google My Business page within the proper schema. But where and how, I'm a little confused on. Any help would be much appreciated. So I, I followed this thread a bit to see where it went in uh, our Google community. And there's some great examples of what uh, to use. But Brian actually came up with his own uh, 
answer to this, and it was a plugin. Uh, and the plugin seems to do a great job. It's well used. He's got a WordPress site. It's a WordPress plugin, and it just uh, easily allows people to add reviews to their site with the proper review schema. Um, again, schema is that markup we were talking about that happens in the background of the page that adds its context to content. Um, so if you've got letters on the page, this schema could tell Google that these letters actually represent a postal code, uh, that kind of idea. Just simplifies things. So um, with that in mind, uh, there's, a, there's a few things about this I thought would be worthwhile bringing up because it does come up often. And that is um, if you're going to implement these and you want to have star ratings show in search results, which is ideal. That's really what people want to see. So essentially you can add reviews to your page with this pro appropriate schema. Then you add what's called an aggregate schema. And it will tell Google, okay, you got out of 25 reviews, you've got a 4.5 out of 5 star rating. And if the page has enough authority, if it's, in other words, trusted enough, um, there's a good chance that that page, if found in search results, will yield a star rating next to the title, which makes it stand out beautifully amongst competitors and other content, uh, especially... Uh, you know, if, if you consider you're number two and someone else is number one, but they don't have the star rating, I think you've got a better chance of getting that, visi that visibility and that traffic. Um, so anyway, uh, Whitespark, a uh, local or local Canadian company, uh, did a good job of putting together a little best practices sheet on how to use these stars and where not to and how not, you know, all this information. Um, so I do suggest taking a look at it. It's the title is... How to use aggregate review schema to get stars in the search results for local businesses. That's a nice short title. Okay. Um, so some rules and best practices. This is when um, applying it in JSON-LD, something we discussed earlier. It's a much easier way of applying it. It sounds like garbage, but it, it's, it sounds like heavy-duty programming, but it's not. Made me kind of freaked out, actually, the first time I heard it because I'm no programmer. But uh, it is very simple, and there's lots of really great little... Uh, generators online. So look for JSON-LD. That's JSON-LD and uh, generator. And you can enter your information. It'll give you the code to add to your page. Done. Anyway, he says, uh, don't, tr uh, they say here, don't try to get a review star rating for your homepage. Um, Google doesn't want this to happen because 99.99% of the time, your, your homepage doesn't represent just one service. Remember, it represents everything you do. Uh, so it really doesn't deserve its own aggregate star rating in their eyes. I see a, a reason why it does. I mean, heck, businesses get them, so why wouldn't a homepage? But in this case, they're looking at it a page-by-page -page basis as a typical Google programmer would, right? They're looking at the the actual content on that page and why it deserves, you know, why the service on that page deserves a star rating and the homepage doesn't yield a service. Um, <clears throat> reviews pages helps. Uh, so if you've got a review page, uh, these are all my reviews. They tend to have a, a good success rating. We certainly have. I think about 99.9% .9 of the pages we've ever done for that um, have shown up with stars. It's a pretty clear uh message to Google that this is a page about reviews. And uh, we often we also use industry standard uh, plugins through our brand Proven Local uh, that allows us to 
ensure that this code is showing up. Um, review count, which is one of the items in JSON-LD, should be reasonably, I'm quoting them here, reasonably proportioned to your online review counts. Or actually, not quoting them. That was my synopsis. So, in other words, if you have, uh, the example they provide uh, was, let's say you've got three reviews on Google, you've got four reviews on Yelp, uh, five reviews on um, one of your local uh, review sites, and then you got 4,000 reviews on your site <laughs> in your aggregate ranking, yeah, that may not look good. Uh, never mind just from the perspective of users. It just looks fake and doesn't look right. So, you know, use some logic here. Um, obviously, you don't want to ever fake this stuff. That will bite you in the butt. Next, don't add review stars to all pages at once, but gradually over time. That makes good sense as well. It's just like if you are building uh, uh, reviews for your Google My Business uh, profile, you don't want to just send out a thousand review requests. Even if you think all thousand are going to reply and they're all loving you and they will, that's not good. You can get a thousand uh, positive reviews and Google is not going to believe any of them, any of them, because it looks like you just paid someone somewhere else to uh, go and generate these reviews for you. It needs to happen naturally, uh, at least appearances of that. So you could invite maybe four or five or if you've really busy business, 10, 20 per month to uh, leave a review. Not all of them will, but you'll slowly, but gradually and, and realistically build reviews and stars on your Google My Business rankings. Anyway, so in this case, same idea for these pages. You don't want to go nuts. It just doesn't look right. looks uh, like you're getting greedy and it, frankly, it won't work. And also, don't expect all of these pages to show stars and results. Uh, one thing I mentioned earlier was authority. Uh, if, if you're, uh, we, one of the things we do here at Stepworth is an authority building plan. It's all about building the authority of your site. Uh, your authority is essentially a trust factor. Google needs to believe that you earn, you earn you've earned the right to, to show at the top of search results. And uh, if your pages don't have a lot of authority. If you're trying to compete in a fairly competitive market and let's say the page shows up in the top 20, but still doesn't have our top 10 even, and doesn't even have, uh, doesn't have much authority likelihood of that review star rating to show up is pretty low. You need to build authority for those individual pages, not just your business. All right. Anything else that you can think of adding there, Scott? I know I covered a lot. I've been talking a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think you got everything there. Um, I, I, I can't think. A, you've been doing a bunch of JSON LD. Have you ever run any any complexities with it? Is it pretty straightforward? It seems straightforward to me whenever I've done it. But yeah, I've done basic stuff. You do more. Yeah, in the cases where I've implemented, it's been pretty simple, like uh, uh, using uh, the type product, and then you assign like aggregate rating or um, you know that sort of thing. Uh, Make sure you've got the rating value, the rating count, and stuff in there. But it's pretty simple to implement on that level. Um, mm -hmm. Anything, any clients where it's been more in depth, where they've got a bigger product base and that sort of stuff, it's done by the programmers in the back end, so it's all automated. Um, I've only really dealt with reviews in cases where there's just a couple that are ad uh, manually added by the client, where it's not like a big automated dynamic system. Right. Right. And those ones are pretty easy to mark up in that case. Yeah, definitely. And, I, and we do it a fair bit for just the, you know, when we're doing a local SEO, ensuring that the name, address, and phone number of the NAP is showing up properly um, and that, you know, everything's clear and 
and synchronous throughout the site. So anyway, some basic stuff. That is 101. I'm sorry. It is. It is. <laughs> it's stuff you need to know. It and is it has now, to, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's the kind of thing that uh, you need to build in. Um, okay. And this is uh, interesting. There was an interesting result from a community discussion between Mark Taylor, our, our essentially our Google community admin. He, he does a great job of, of getting back to everyone so quickly. I get embarrassed at just how quickly he does it. I got to I never seem to get in there. I'm too busy, but I really appreciate it, Mark, again, again, and again, and again. Anyway, he was speaking with, and I'm going to hope I'm getting this right, Constantine, uh, who, about troubleshooting a drastic drop in rankings. Uh, Constantine could not figure out what had happened. Um, there were, uh, I think it was overnight, literally, that his site just plummeted. Anyway, what had happened was he had done an HTTPS transition. So in other words, he went from non-secure in his website to secure. Uh, and that is a significant change. And we've seen that most of the time, if that's the only thing you're doing, that there is uh, low problems with that, that Google's pretty good at seeing that. However, in this case, he discovered the smoking gun was a redirect plugin they were using to handle this. The redirect plugin just simply didn't do it right. Uh, so I can't say it enough. Be very careful about plugins. Uh, and usually that's in WordPress in this case we're speaking of. Uh, plugins are excellent shortcuts. Uh, and 99% of the time, the ones we at least, if you do a little homework, they're going to work fantastic for you. There are some garbage ones out there, but if you do your homework, you're going to mostly be successful. In this case, though, that redirect plugin didn't work. So you can't just rely on it being perfect. Do some tests. Run your pages through um, uh, an HTTP header checker, uh, which shows what kind of command Google is seeing. If, if let's say you send them to the non-HTTP version of a page, you want to see a 301 redirect. That's a permanent redirect to the new HTTPS version of that URL. Uh, they need to see that. Um, and if there's any problems with that, that should show up within the, uh, the header checker. We also used a tool the other day, uh, Scott, uh, it's not coming to mind, but we had a client with a redirect loop. Do you remember the, the it was a cool little tool that I showed the whole loop? Do you remember that? Oh, who, what tool was that? I can't remember the tool offhand. I could dig it out, but not in time yeah, for it's all right. it to be on yeah, the yeah. show. Uh, I, res I, I rely on your memory, my friend. Okay, well. It's good most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was only one day we used it. But anyway, there's some really cool tools. Just do a, like, you can do a check for redirect loop. Um, 301 redirect loop, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, run your system through these before you sit back and wait for Google to index everything when you do an HTTPS or secure tr site transition. Uh, uh, it can cause a lot of problems. And don't do what uh, <laughs> one of our, our dentists did this, and, and uh, in hindsight, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's tough learning on the go sometimes. We, I wouldn't have done all of it once, but in this case, we didn't uh, give a lot of warning, but he went ahead and he changed his URL, he changed his content, and he switched to HTTPS. <laughs> and it's been a hell. I, I, love coming to work. I love coming to work on a Monday and finding stuff like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. No sarcasm there. No, exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, great discussion between Mark Taylor and Constantine. Thank you very much for that. Uh, I always love seeing those and seeing that they are come to a happy resolution. Now, for those SEO advanced listeners, check out Eric Enga's summary of the SMX advanced 
AMP, AMP session at Search Engine Land. It's excellent. Um, it really gets into the advantages of AMP, uh, some case studies even, um, and just how well it's helped businesses and some of the uh, insights into using it for your business. Uh, it is not for everyone. I don't think yet that AMP should be applied to everyone's site in case that's a question that's popped in your mind. I think if you have a con piece of content on your site or you've got a lot of content that is daily reviewed, well, maybe consider it because there were, and, 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 you, and it's not going to be too much work. There are plugins for WordPress that do it. I don't know how good they are. I know a lot of people rely on them, so they can't be that bad. Um, but it's, uh, it's worth looking into, especially if you're advanced. And I think this is a great write-up, again, on uh, Search Engine Land. Well, I think uh, we have to tie it up there. There's uh, one more. Well, actually, we can do this quick. Last question from Stephen Went. I'll quote him here. It says, I'm working on updating a few of our blogs and wanted to find out the best practice as far as updating. The blogs I'll be updating are over a year old. I'll include more details, information, images, and statistics, all to help the blog become better and more informative. He gives us an original date and update date, and they're about a year apart. It says, when I update the blog, do I change the published date to the updated it? to the updated date or keep as the same date as the first published. I want to make sure that Google understands it's being updated and refer and offers more information. So it's actually an interesting question. It is. And I actually, I've, I've discussed this on the show before something similar to this a few years back now. Um, I know I did cause it's, it's come up before and, and John and I have a good time battering around ideas, but what I suggest and, and this does uh, work in many cases. It gets a bit unwieldy, I suppose, if you've got a massive site. But what I tend to do is leave the page as is. And I, I note at the top that there is an updated version of this at this URL. And then I create the content in a new blog post. Now, we're speaking of a blog here. I want to make that clear. If this was just a page, you don't have to worry about this, even if it was content, um, a tutorial or whatever. If it's a page, it's a page. You can just update it. But if it's a blog post, I, I'd like to leave that content there as kind of a historical record of what happened before. Then I would change the canonical. Instead of self-referencing, I would change the canonical on that old page to point to the new one. Um, that way, Google knows that there is a connection. Uh, and any of the clout, the links that were built to that page are going to point to the new one. Uh, or at least some of that clout is going to pass. And... Uh, you get to preserve both versions for anyone doing any review. What do you think, Scott? I, I definitely agree with that if the changes are substantial enough to warrant it. So if, if for example, he's just going to go in and add an image or a chart and most of it's going to be identical, the bulk, I'd probably change the current page rather than uh, publish a new post. If it's going to be significantly different, then definitely you know, start a whole new one and... and like you said, canonical over to it and stuff. The caveat, though, is I think if he changes the date, you're going to change the URL. Well, that's another thing I was going to mention, too, is, yeah, if, it depends on how you've got your permalink set up in WordPress. Some Often they'll be just whatever.com slash URL. The title. But, yeah, the yeah. title. But if you've got the, the year and month in there, I it all depends on how you've got it set up and if you're using WordPress or what you're using. But quite often you might change that URL, and then you've got a whole other can of worms. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't like changing the modified date, or sorry, the, the published date. Um, no, it seems wrong to me. Just, I don't know, it's like changing the date on a book. Published, yeah. and, I don't know, it's 
bugs me. I'd rather create a copy, but I, I get what you mean. I just I think it gets much crazier when you think about it in that way because there's levels of detail that we'd have to know answers. We'd have to have answers before we could really recommend that, uh, especially uh, based on the URLs like we were just mentioning. So I hope that, I hope that helps, Stephen. <laughs> the way I've recommended is I've done before and it worked quite well, um, and I would still do that to this day. Again, if you had a massive site and this was happening often, you know you might not want that past content cluttering up your your site. Uh, I personally like having a little history in the site. But yeah, one one thing he mentions is that uh, he wants to make sure Google understands it's been updated. Well, just making the change alone, Google's going to understand it's been updated because it'll compare it to the old version. Um, you'll also likely see the last modified has changed in places like the XML sitemap and that sort of thing. So, as far as that's concerned, I don't think he needs to be worried. I think Google will see it. Um, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and I think in the past when I've done a, a page update and it was significant, I said I usually put at the top updated in the title. So I revise that. And I'll often also include uh, a little blurb at the beginning of the content saying that this has been updated as of this date. And then if I want to get that page a little more attention, and this is a page, this is not a blog post, I will make a blog post with either a snippet of that page with the changes um, or just an intro into why this is this ha the change happened and where to go and read it, and then I would post a link to that page. Again, just bringing up, you know, setting up the uh, the flares, telling everyone that this is uh, being updated and why. Agreed. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks for joining in. I think I did a bulk of talking there. Sorry about that, but um, made it easier on you, right? It was easy. Yeah, I, I had a little nap in there somewhere. It was great. <laughs> Hopefully listeners didn't. But okay. The bags under my eyes are now gone. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, listeners, if you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google. You can also email me via ross at stepforth.com or you can reach John Carcutt via Twitter at John Carcutt. That's C-A-R-C-U-T-T. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on cranberry.fm. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.